Lamar Jackson has officially stated publicly that he wants a trade as free agency winds down and we prepare to name the biggest winners of free agency so far. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Pal Radiate and Seek a Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, and Justin Tucker with you as always. So guys, we have another great show planned for you tonight. We are going to talk about the most improved teams as free agency winds down, as well as Lamar Jackson's publicized trade request. But how are you guys doing tonight? I'm alive. Same. Justin, not for long. Since uh, Lamar Jackson's trade request. He can ask. That doesn't mean it will get fulfilled. Kids on suicide watch. All right. Now, so Lamar Jackson has requested publicly, he tweeted a letter to his fans saying um, how much he respects them, of course. But the biggest takeaway being that on March 2nd, so nearly a month ago, Lamar Jackson was uh, did request a trade from the team. It hasn't been it hasn't been public. Hasn't even been known since uh, literally yesterday. Um, so, I mean, it, this whole thing, I don't even know where to start with this. Because it's hard to just – we've already named possible fits for uh, for teams that he could be traded to. But will he even be traded? Like, I don't see where this en- where this ends. It's getting uglier by the day. Because, like, I could realistically see, in fact, I could almost say that is the most likely scenario where they don't find a any common ground and he just sits out the season kind of like a Deshaun Watson. He could try to. I don't see it, I don't see it happening because he's been on record saying he will play this season regardless if he's on franchise tag or not. So, as far as I'm concerned, he'll still be the fr- – franchise quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think it's a relationship thing because as far as anybody is concerned, it's not so much the relationship that is strained. It's just the money and the contract itself. I don't think it's anything other than that. They Lamar thinks he's worth a certain amount. He doesn't want to guarantee, but he believes he's worth a certain amount. The Ravens have said, look, you've been out here for a minute and no team is matching that. It's not like we haven't been fair to you as far as contracts go. You've denied us the opportunity to re-sign you for, I want to say, the second largest amount for guaranteed money. And you've turned us down. So I think as far as it is, it's just a money concern. I don't think it's a relationship thing. Well, be that as it may, he still doesn't want to be there. And you could argue that it is, in fact, a relationship thing because, you know, they don't want to pay him. He's not going to budge, and neither are they. I The way it sits now, unless something really fast happens, you know, like a magical solution where everyone's happy, I do not see him being quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens, you know, uh, in the near future because let's just say he plays, right, mm-hmm. all next season. Are the Ravens going to let him hit the open market or are they going to be petty and tag him again? 
well, because okay. if they tag him again, then, then then I lose all sympathy for that organization. If Lamar, if they don't reach an agreement and Lamar plays on the tag next season, and then they try to tag him again, that is literally just petty. So what what happens if he plays this upcoming season? He gets injured, which you guys have called a problem to in the past. Yeah, and then they're in the same situation again. Are you still saying the same things that we are now? Okay, they might what just let saying? him go. Like, what do you want me to like? What they might just let what him walk at that point. Yeah, because I would that's, say that's, that's, we're not letting. No, he's not. Look, him I'm just pointing nothing. out a fact. I'm not saying they should pay him. I'm just saying two sides have reached a standstill. I did not say they should pay him, and it is my firm belief he is not worth what he's asking. I am just pointing it out. So I don't understand your question, Justin. I believe he is worth that. He's a unanimous MVP. Those things don't grow on trees. You can be an MVP. It's quite rare to be a unanimous MVP. Patrick Mahomes has been considered the best quarterback in the game for a few years now, and he doesn't even have one of those. He has two MVPs, but none of them unanimous. Which means he also has health. Yeah. And and you know what else he has? Not one, but two rings. Yeah, unanimous MVP, that looks great on your resume, but where's the hardware? Where's the where's you know the actual translation to success? Because that unanimous MVP year, if I remember correctly, uh your unanimous MVP, uh he was good, but then again, the Tennessee Titans had something to say about that. Yeah, oh, I'm not going. I'm not. Yeah, no, one and done. Four team. turnovers. Mm-hmm. He had over 500 yards of total offense. That wasn't his fault. I will stand still on that game. That was not his fault. Oh. Those turnovers. If you actually look back at the game, there were not. Most of them were not his fault. Tuck, it's basic game script. If you're playing from behind, your numbers are going to be spiked. Like that's just the yeah. way it is. He was forced to throw a lot, and his lack of. Uh, legitimate throwing ability kind of showed. And no, tough. it was the lack of weapons. The yeah, lack yeah. of weapons. Yeah. So so you're saying it's his fault. It's not his fault the offense sputtered despite the fact they put up 12 points. You were at home. You were 14-2 and two on the year, and you lost to a team you should have smoked. A team that barely scraped by the dying Patriots – the, the, and keep in mind, Ryan Tannehill had 88 passing yards and you lost. Yes. There was no excuse for that. I'm not saying the team couldn't perform better. I admit LeBron, I mean Lamar Jackson could have performed better. However, with that said, I want y'all to go ahead and watch that game. You tell me what the hell he was dealing with with that offense at the time. Everybody was dropping passes left and right. I I vividly remember this game. That was not Lamar Jackson's fault. Did he make mistakes? Yes. He shouldn't have made some of them. But again, if you're just going to sit here and tell me it was due to lack of ability of throwing, that is a damn lie. I will not stand on that one. That one is just legitimately false. Yeah, well, that's all well and good. But let's he take turned a- the ball over four times. He literally what does that did. Mean? What that do you mean? What does lot. it mean? He turned the ball over. If you, you turn the like ball over, that, that's your that's it. Like, that you that's two, picks and two fumbles. All right. I took one person talking at once. Yeah, 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 sure. If if you turn the ball over four times, that dem- that demonstrates an inaccuracy. You you may have a, no, a cannon doesn't. of an arm, but it demonstrates an inaccuracy to be able to pass the ball. People might they guys might have been dropping passes, but he was also throwing inaccurate ones as well. 
I'm not disputing that. But if you look at the interceptions, they were not all of them his fault. One of them, yes, a little late on the throw, interception. The first interception he threw was not his fault. Listen, a lot of interceptions are going to be deemed not your fault. But if he if you throw that ball a little bit better, like, yes, we want our wide receivers to make the play, but you need to make those throws so that it's not tough for the ball. Like, everyone says, oh, it, it, he was tipped, so it's not his fault. Well, yeah, he tipped it, but he barely got a ha- his hand on it. Like, I see a lot of pe- people in 2018, they said that about Tom Brady all the time, that all the balls were tipped, but those were not that well-thrown balls. I will be the first to, to admit, Brady did not have a good year in 2018. But um, those balls were not; those balls might have been tipped, but it was still kind of his fault because it it was a tough ball to catch to begin with. We're just never going to agree on that game. We will just never agree on this game. Let's move on. Wait, hold on. Also, so he had four turnovers, correct, Lamar? Yeah. Yeah. Two interceptions. All right. So if one wasn't his fault, explain the fumbles. Lamar Jackson has always had a fumbling issue. I've never denied that. Uh-huh. So I'm going to assume that wasn't his fault, as you put it? No. So, no, so I've, apparently I've, the game's not his fault, but if you fumble the ball and lose it twice, I'm going to assume you're not going to win. Again, as far as I'm concerned, turnovers and when they happen. You can come back from four turnovers. We saw that in Jacksonville when they went up against the Chargers. It can happen. It's just when they happen is the issue. Uh-huh. I'm just and uh, when exactly did they game. happen? Hmm? And when exactly did these uh, turnovers happen? The first one happened in the first – I want to say the first drive. The second one happened, I want to say, in the second half. All or in the second quarter. And the rest of them happened in the second half. Okay. Okay, fair, fair. You're right. It's when they happened. So, but but even still, you're saying, you know, yeah, late turnovers hurt, but they hurt a lot more when you only score six points in the first half. Yeah, we couldn't get in the end zone. We just could not. With your unanimous MVP. Yes. You could not get into the end zone with your unanimous MVP, and yet you have the audacity to sit here and tell me he deserves what he wants. Yes. Look at that offense without him. Look at that offense. Look at that offense him. with him. 17 better touchdowns and seven picks this year. Better without him. No, better with him. Look at it without him. Look at it without him. We can't get to 20 points without him. We can't. Yeah, and did they not go to the playoffs without him? We won in spite of that. I've been telling y'all for months our defense carried us to that playoffs. Because if we relied on our offense, we were going home. I remember talking to Adam about the Pittsburgh game. I remember telling him. Adam, about the Cincinnati game. I kept telling y'all, if we are relying on our offense, we're not going to make it. I kept telling y'all this. This isn't new. This isn't rehashing over things I haven't said before. I've been consistent. I never liked my offense without Lamar. That's why I believe he's deserving of it. I've always been consistent about it. Do I believe he deserves it because of accolades? No. I believe he deserves it because I believe in what he will do for the team, not because of what he has done. Unanimous MVP, let's scratch that out the way. Look at the team without him. We cannot function on offense. That has been proven in the past. It has been continually done so. And look at us in the playoffs. That's all. We can't get past 20 points. 
for a month um, straight, we could not score 20 points. But can't two things be true at once? Like, yeah. yes, the team can't function without Lamar Jackson. But at the same time, once you get to that high level, once you are – it is – lights are shining brightest. It's the postseason. And you have Lamar Jackson. They just don't win the game. You're saying that, like, everybody – not everybody can be good in the playoffs. Lamar Jackson has – Fallen short in the playoffs, but he's also performed in the playoffs too. And what's but his playoff record again? One and three. One and three. He's performed in the playoffs, and his record is one and three. So it sounds to me like he's performed once. So there's two factors we'll right there. We'll just never there's two it. factors right there: health and lack of performance during the postseason. That matters. Oh my god, that does matter. Making it sound correct. Like he's performing the postseason. You guys are acting like it's not one and done. All right. What's up? And don't don't hold that playoff game against the Chargers against them. Do not hold that against them. I don't hold that one so much against him, eh. uh, because just because he was a rookie. And oh no, no, clearly, no, that, that, that's fine. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. I don't. But the uh, the the one in twenty nineteen, you got to win that game. You yeah. got to win that game. And the one in the the one in uh, against the Bills the very next season, that one's bad. That one's bad. How's that one bad? It's really bad. You can't you you had the elements in your favor. That's the a win, lie. it was a it was a hurricane out there. It so was the with, same with a run first offense going against a pass for a pass centered offense in the Bills, um, you need to win that game. You need to win. You're acting as if the Bills that you were some scrubs. They made it to the AFC championship game. Based on their passing offense, though. True. No. And tuck, tuck. There is offense or underestimating their defense. It's one or the other. All right. Listen, we got to move on because we you're right. We probably will never agree agree on this. Um, but we do want to move on to um, so every year we kind of go over some of the most improved teams in free agency and some of the least improved or biggest losers, as we would say. We've done that for three years in a row, and that is coming up next. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Good evening. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome back. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker. So, as I mentioned in teasing this segment, every year we go over the most improved and least improved teams in free agency. Um, so, least improved is going to go next year, uh, next week. So, we're going to cover um, we're going to cover that next week. Uh, so that'll be the biggest losers of free agency as it winds down, and we start to transition into some draft coverage. Um, but here we have the most improved. So it is easy. So I'm sure you guys have your picks, but it is easy to point out the Lions, the Seahawks, who we have talked, 
Uh, both teams we have talked about over the past week as the most improved. But it's also easy to forget that those teams were pretty well set up going into that offseason as well. Even if they didn't make the additions they did, they still would have had a good season going into go uh, going into this year. And they have two, both have two first-round picks. I think the most improved team, biggest winner of free agency, slam dunk pick, this is the Chicago Bears. I think the Bears, okay. so they added a number they added a number one wide receiver. They revamped their defense. They worked on that offensive line. And they 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 need some more work there done there as well. But uh the pass catching corpse is the best it has been in Justin Fields' young career. And he's set up very well there. Um he's going to have more time to throw because Three-fifths of that offensive line is pretty set. They have their center. They have their guard. They have their left tackle. They need a they need another guard and a, a right tackle. So a little more work to be done. But I have Chicago Bears 100%. But what about you, Tuck? To me, I actually got thought it was the New York Giants had an underrated offseason. Outside of Seattle and the Lions, I thought the Giants did because – they were finally able to give Daniel Jones a reliable weapon if he can stay healthy and Darren uh, Darren Waller. If that guy can stay healthy, I I think that offense will take steps in the right direction to help keep, to flourish with Daniel Jones under helm. I believe uh, he is a reliable safety weapon for him, and I believe they still have a reliable defense. So all in all, I think it was a good offseason for the Giants just by the mere addition of Darren Waller for a third. Yeah, that's a I, that's a good one. I just think, like, h- how much did they really add? That's my question. Because they, they added Darren Waller, which was a great addition for them. But besides that, their defense has kind of stayed the same. Their offense, all they did was, well, besides Darren Waller, all they did was retain the guys that they had. Da- uh, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Darius Slayton. Mm-hmm. Which is good, and their def- their their offensive line still needs some work. Daniel Jones, one of the most sacked quarterbacks in all of football last year. But Caesar, oh Lord, have mercy on me for saying this. But while Adam did take my pick for the Bears, I feel like oh God, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, when you think about it, they didn't really lose too many people. You get Leighton Vander Esch back, Tyron Smith is back, Donovan Wilson, your safety is back, and you got Cooper Rush. You know, you get, but I mean, you cut Zeke, but you don't need him because you're going to probably ink Tony Pollard to a long term deal next season. But then, then you. You get yourself a tried-and-true wide receiver, too, in Brandon Cooks from the Texans, which cost you nothing. And the thing is, with Cooks, you're putting him with C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. There is no reason for the passing attack to go stagnant. They did lose Dalton Schultz, but I think that's something they can address in the draft. However, let's talk about Stephon Gilmore. Now, is he... Close to his defensive player of the year self, I would argue no. But is he still a top 20 corner? You could argue yes. 
And let me tell you, Dallas needs a corner two opposite of Trayvon Diggs, who is very streaky in and of himself. But but Gilmore, he still has, you know, despite his advanced age, you could argue he's uh, he's got a lot left in the tank, no? Or maybe not a lot, yeah. but he's got at least one or two good years left. Gilmore's still a very good corner, yeah. He's not like yeah. top 10, I would say, but top 15. I would argue that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And plus like that, that front seven for the, uh, for Dallas was a force, right? Yeah. Like it was awesome last year Add a great yeah. secondary on top of it. That's, I mean, that's one of the better defenses in the league for next year. Don't do it. And they're, <laughs> Don't do it. CJ, you did this. But, yeah, I know. Listen, I also they got Ronald Jones too, so and he's not exactly a scrub. The most probably the most well-rounded the Cowboys have been in recent memory. Yeah, you could that, argue like that. that's what they that's what they look like right now. Not now, sure it's what they're be going to do with it. Year, but what it's going to add up to, who knows? That's going to be that's going to come down to how they execute it. I still think round exit, divisional round exit. Yeah, no, Tuck is right, but this is one of those things, like we said earlier, where two things can be true at once. They did they get well. better? Yeah. Will, will it be their year? Nah. I still think Mike McCarthy is not the right coach for them. No, he is not, and I think we can all agree. Like, coaching has been a problem for them for a while now. Yeah, the clapper, and then you have – you you learned Jason Garrett, and now you've got fat Jason Garrett. Oh, yeah. With a say- hat. Oh, wait, no, he has a hat. They both have hats, don't they? But yeah, I've seen Jason Garrett without his hat, he's without a his ginger, baseball cap. <sighs> I don't, uh, can we also say the Broncos had a good offseason just by the mere addition of Sean Payton and the subtraction of Nathaniel Hackett? Oh, and, they and the offensive Lynch line too. improved. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. They brought in a right tackle and uh, and a guard, so that that's very important. Um yeah, and they brought in somebody. I'm completely blanking on the name for their uh, front seven, but that team that team did improve a lot. Um, yeah. And the 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 Broncos, I think they're going to have a much much better year than they did last year. Yeah, borderline and, a playoff team, I think. So uh, Adam, you What's know we, they did lose Draymond Jones, but you know that's the guy they lost. Yeah. Well, when you look at it, you know, they brought in Mike McGlinchey. They brought in Ben Powers from Baltimore. And uh, I think you're thinking about a Zach Allen as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you've got yourself a halfway decent backup in Jarrett Stidham, a good running back from Cincy and Samaji Pirine as well. They got go. the Stid. Oh, and Marquez Callaway for when KJ Hamler inevitably gets hurt, which I think we already had. Yeah, and they have already stated they're not giving up Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. Yeah. I'm glad they are publicizing that, keeping staying up front about it and saying we're not like they that team is the closest it's been in nearly a decade to competing. Like mm-hmm. legitimately contending. You're not going to give up your top two wide receivers. Well, One of the better, like a pretty underrated duo, if I might say so. Like Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, if those guys are utilized well enough, that's a pretty good wide receiver duo. They they have a lot of potential. All right. Um, so we kind of gave our picks. Now we want to hear yours. So we asked on our fan box for you guys, 
Which are the most improved teams as free agency is winding down? That's next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power Radiate and Seeker Weapon Consulting, Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker. So we have reached the Fumble Rooski fan box portion of our show where we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more. And we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. So the question of the week was who are the most improved teams after free agency? So um, the top vote getters were the Bears. Not surprising. So Patrick Williver said the Bears with the D-A famously. Isaac Zonana, Sean McCarthy, and Brendan Long. So those guys, shout out to our most popular vote in the Bears. I mean, we said it pretty, uh, pretty eloquently. They are... I mean, that team is the most improved. They had the most room for improvement, so it would make sense. But they also had a lot of resources that they turned into um, legitimate weapons. And DJ Moore, uh, they ha- they got another guy to pair up with Cole Komet. No, uh, that was Tunyon. Yeah, they brought in Robert Tunyon to pair up with Cole Komet. I mean, that team is that team is loaded. And I didn't even mention the linebacker duo that they got in. Uh, uh, Tremaine Edmonds and uh, TJ Edwards. That's going to be unreal. Um, We got two votes for the Lions. So Josh Houle said Lions are looking to make some noise next year. And Jack Hartman said Detroit. They have a ton of holes to fill. Uh, Excuse me. They didn't have a ton of holes to fill. And they've filled them. Now just upgrade in the draft. So my argument uh, against the Lions. I'm not saying that they're not looking like a great team going into next year. That team doesn't have many holes. In fact, I wouldn't say I would argue they might not have any. Like they 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 have the they have either way. They they're in a position where they can just have some strengths rather than holes. Um <clears throat> but they just didn't like they went into this offseason looking looking really good. So the fact that they look good now isn't all that surprising. They had a great offseason, but, you know, it, I, we also had fair, fairly high expectations for them to begin with. Um, Brian Mucker and Diego Huertas said Jets, with Brian Mucker also mentioning the Texans. The Jets did improve a lot. Just on the fact that they are most likely going to land uh, – Aaron Rodgers, that makes all of the difference in the world. And what I am seeing with all of these players in free agency, the fact that the Jets are right in the mix 
tells me just how much, how important it is to have that quarterback. Because like, if you remember when Tom Brady went to the Buccaneers, that all of a sudden became the destination for veteran players to go, to go ring chasing. It was the same thing for um, uh, Matthew Stafford when the Rams traded for him. All of a sudden you had Allen Robinson, you had Bobby Wagner, players like that all joining that squad. It didn't work mm-hmm. out, but it was it was a destination. And now that's kind of what it's becoming for the Jets. They're landing players. They're in the mix for everyone, including Ezekiel Elliott, Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, that's important. That's pretty important to have that leader who everyone wants to play for. Um, and to address the Texans, they they've like they they will not get mentioned as a team that is. Um, that has improved this offseason, but they really have. And they have the number two overall pick. So whoever the Panthers don't take between uh, Young and Stroud in the in the draft, that's who the Texans are going to take. They have a very good offensive line now that no one gives them credit for. They have Laramie Tunsil at left tackle, and they have that other kid at right tackle who, who's done very well. Um, and they have some they have some targets for uh, for whoever they take at quarterback to throw to. They need that number one now that they traded um, Brandon Cooks, but they have pieces. Uh, also, they have Dalton Schultz, so that's going to be important. Um, but Mallory Kleppel and Ian Mulhern said the Panthers. So Ian Mulhern is a Panthers fan, so no wonder. But they hmm. have some underrated pieces that they brought in. So they got... Um, they got DJ Char, they got Adam Thielen, and they have a pretty good offensive line for whoever they take, whoever they take at number one. And I got to say, I said this when I was responding to the fan box questions. Whoever they take with number one, with what they gave up, better wind up becoming Jesus. Hmm. I'm still Whoa like, there. what's that? Whoa there, buckaroo. Isn't that a little facetious? Yeah, a little bit. But whoever they take, he better be a Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. That's what he has to turn out to be like. And I have high hopes for both Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, but you still got to get it right. Got to get it right. You're, they're put. They're putting all their chips towards the middle of the table. Um. All right. Nick Reyes said, "Giants all the way." Yeah. So Okay, so they did improve. They did. They brought in Darren Waller. That's important because you need to be able to improve your um, your pass-catching corpse for the quarterback you just paid four years $160 million for. So get him the weapon so that he can spike up his stats and you can become more of a balanced offense and you're not uh, relying on Saquon Barkley. Also, I mean, it would be nice for them to hang on to Barkley but he's getting up there in age for a running back at least. Why don't they go and take B. John Robinson late in the draft? I'm just saying, mm. if they want to if they want to remain um if they want to remain a run first offense, maybe draft your, their heir apparent. Just saying. I'm not that's no disrespect towards Saquon Barkley. I'm sure he wouldn't like it, but I mean you're trying to you're trying to improve and maybe they trade him in he gets a good deal elsewhere and everybody wins. I don't know. 
just thinking out loud. Uh, Steven Parker said Bengals. They got a decent corner, a good safety, and the best offensive tackle in the free agency class. Um, Orlando Brown was a big, a big landing for them because they already have Lyle Collins and Jonah Williams as their tackles. And I know Jonah Williams did request a trade, but Zach Taylor came out a couple of days ago and he said, regardless, he's going to start at right tackle. So it looks like something inside that's going on says that, I mean, something happened that made him say that, that things are starting to settle down because this is the deepest the, the Bengals offensive line has been in years. Like it was a good offensive line last year. It was much improved, but it wasn't deep. And it showed that because they had guys getting hurt left and right towards the end of that off season, uh, towards the end of, of that season, which wound up being their downfall. Further, as for their, <clears throat> as for their defense, it's not as bad as people think. Yes, they lost both their starting tackles, uh, starting safeties, but uh, they brought in uh, what's it, Taylor Rapp? No, Taylor Rapp went to Buffalo. Okay, so the other the other guy, I'm I'm mixing up the names. Oh, the, um, one, the other one from the Rams was it Scott? The Rams, yeah. Scott Taylor Scott. Nick Scott. Nick's. One of the look it up. Um, they they brought in they brought in a, another starting safety, and they have Dax Hill to slide in at the other starting safety spot. Now I wanted Dax yeah, Hill to be Scott, a by the way. to be a corner because they need help at corner, but they can't do that because they lost Jesse Bates and Von Bell. So that you slide in Dax Hill at at uh, the other safety spot. So they just need some help at corner. But otherwise, this is an improved Bengals team. I wouldn't say most improved, though, because they, they're they still a championship contending team regardless. The issue was never with that. It was health. They could, they could have easily won the Super Bowl this year if it weren't for their offensive line just falling apart at the end of the season, which is what they addressed. So that's good for them. Um, okay. Jad Noman said Ravens. Well, he's made a friend of Justin Tucker. That's but I think even Tucker is fairly certain that they uh, have not improved. Well, he put a nothing. laughing face next. He put a it's laughing face. Negative. He put a laughing face next to it, so that it was it was clearly meant as a. Oh my god! Yeah, cool. it was meant as an. It was meant more as a uh, as a joke. But I mean, le- like I mean, just looking at it through a Raven fan's perspective, they haven't done anything to improve their team. Like they've done nothing. They had weapons that they needed to give Lamar to make him happy. They had a quarterback to make happy. They've done neither. And they still haven't signed one of their top corners in uh, – or re-signed one of their top corners in uh, Marcus Peters. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. That is a big problem. They've done nothing. Nothing. God, is that just annoying. It is annoying. I wish we could do something, but we can't because we're stuck with Lam- we're stuck in the Lamar situation. And so that gets settled, we can't really move. Well, they could have just I mean, if you add a DeAndre Hopkins, then you make Lamar happy, and maybe that then he'll meet your demands. No. But they that hasn't happened. You know, I, I gotta agree with Tuck. I'm not sure that would change how much money he wants. I mean, maybe or, it might, but I'm not – I don't know. 
Or let's say Darren Waller. He went for a third round pick. Why not He's bring not back the old twenty? Andrews. That's what that I'm saying. Why not bring in your the old 2019 days when you had that three headed monster in tight at tight end, and have them be a dynamic duo? Mark Andrews yeah. and Darren Waller, the two the two tight end sets, that'd be badass. We already have a tight end that we like in Isaiah Likely. We have no. Oh yeah, that's true. Another. We have yeah, no but Darren Waller, man. We had him. That's the thing that pisses me off. We had him. Bring was him back. Homecoming. Or something like that. It was in, we drafted him in 2016. He left in 2018 after the Raiders game because they saw him and one and during warm-ups, saw how good he was going to be and took him from us because he was on our practice squad at the time. And we had Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews. Bring him back. You should have brought should have brought him back. No. Would have worked out well. I wish, but no, it wasn't working out. All right. Even though I well, wish it ended well in Baltimore. Well, that was all of our fan box responses. But, I mean, a lot of most improved teams. I'm surprised I didn't see any Seahawks here. I really am. I thought this team was – I mean, we talked a lot about the Seahawks in our last show that we did uh, the other day with Chris Hitu, uh, me and CJ. But, I mean, that's, that's a team that did really well this offseason. And I'm just trying to think – off the top of my head, some names of teams that improved. The Panthers were mentioned. Um, I guess the Patriots. They did improve in yeah, some ways. Their offensive line still uh, – that, that unit is basically the same. I mean, it's still not looking good. <laughs> that offensive line does not look good. Uh, some more emphasis on the Texans. They drafted a guard in the first round who's been pretty good. And they traded for Shaq Mason from the Buc- from the Buccaneers. Um, their center position is still a god awful position for them, but that's that could be a day two pick for them. Center isn't that hard a position to address. Um, and they have two they have two very solid tackles. So whoever they draft at number two is going to have a very very easy time throwing the ball. They just need some guys who can get open. Um, all right. So that's pretty much all the content we have. Anything else before we end the show tonight? No, I ain't got anything. All right. Well, we just wait for what happens in the next chapter of the Lamar Jackson saga. A saga which keeps getting more and more interesting by the week. You think it doesn't can't get any crazier, and then it does. And I also think you would make a great Falcon as the next. They won't go for uh, the next coming of Michael Vick, hmm. uh, except with a better head on his shoulders. All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRuski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out.